in the horror genre. I'm your host, Nicole, and it's time to share another dark tale. And now, now that we no longer believe in Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, Hansel and Gretel, or the Troll under the bridge, it is ready for us. Come on back, it says. Come on back, let's finish our business in Derry. Bring your jacks and your marbles and your yo-yos. We'll play. Come on back, and we'll see if you remember the simplest thing of all, how it is to be children, secure in belief, and thus afraid of the dark. Stephen King, It, 1986. We're here today to talk about something that everyone experiences as children and as adults, and that is the simple emotion of fear. And when we are children, that emotion often manifests in the concept of the boogeyman. As adults, we know that the boogeyman is not real, at least not the boogeyman that we believe in as children. And when we're children, we believe because, you know, we love to play pretend. We believe in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, happily ever afters, sometimes ghosts, sometimes the monster under the bed. And as I said before, the boogeyman. And I think that we believe in all of these things when we're children because we haven't experienced enough of the world to be disappointed, to be realistic and or cynical. When we're children, the world is large and full of possibility. And part of that also is because in all of our storybooks and our Disney movies, you know, the good guy wins, evil is destroyed and the world is set right. So when we're children, it's easier to be hopeful and to believe. And this is also probably why children are more vulnerable, because they have faith in fairy tales and they haven't learned to be skeptical of those who come with a smile and a treat. And we're first introduced to some of these concepts in bedtime stories and fairy tales. The idea of strange visitors was first introduced to our culture through legends and folklore. And some of these early figures are beloved even today, but the origin stories of these sometimes carry a dark message. These fairy tales are seemingly innocent on the surface, but they are often a subtle introduction into the dangers of the world. I'm sure everyone is familiar with the story of Peter Pan, either through the Disney movie or the Johnny Depp movie, which was a little more realistic. J.M. Barry wrote about a playful little boy named Peter Pan. He befriends children and takes them away to a magical place called Neverland where they can remain carefree and escape adulthood. Um, so it sounds like this, you know, beautiful, fantastic fairy tale, but it has really tragic, dark origins. Barry found inspiration from his own brother who died at the age of 14 and Barry's mother referred to her dead son as the boy who would never grow up. And of course, if you're familiar with Peter Pan, you know, he often says we're going to go to Neverland where you never have to grow up and he doesn't want to grow up. And much more tragedy actually surrounds Barry and the boys that inspired the book. 
Um, if you've seen Finding Neverland and you know that J.M. Barry uh, befriended some children who were the sons of a friend of his, their names were Peter, John and Michael, um, like the boys in the story. Uh, one of the boys was killed in World War One. Another died in a drowning accident at age 20. And Peter, the boy who inspired Peter Pan, he committed suicide by throwing himself in front of a train, which is really tragic. And another, another layer to this is that uh, often when someone dies, we refer to them as lost. And so that gives a different meaning to the term lost boys. Um, it's like they're all of these dead children who have been whisked away to a magical land. So when we consider that Neverland is not a safe retreat, but a final destination, it loses some of that whimsical quality and becomes much more real. But it's also a pure example of storytelling because we write and read stories to learn about life and to express things we don't know how to say otherwise. And so I would say that Peter Pan, while it has dark origins, is actually a beautiful and appropriate expression of grief. This man took uh, much tragedy in his life and turned it into a beloved fairy tale that both children and adults can relate to and enjoy. There it is, Wendy. Second star to the right and straight on till morning. When there's a smile in your heart, there's no better time to start. Think of all the joy you'll find when you leave the world behind and bid your cares goodbye. You can fly, you can fly, you can fly, you can fly. Another example of a happy legend with dark origins is Santa Claus. Santa Claus, like Peter Pan, is another uninvited but benevolent guest. And uh, even though Santa Claus comes with gifts and good cheer, there is something a little unsettling about a man who watches your every move and sneaks into your house at night. <laughs> and on top of that, he is often portrayed as traveling with some rather dark counterparts, such as Krampus and Belschnickel. If you've seen The Office, you know all about Belschnickel, and I will not go into detail here. But uh, these characters give out coal and harsh punishment to unruly children. And Krampus will even go so far as to beat children with sticks, stuff them into a sack, and carry them away. So it really brings gravity to being on the nice or naughty list, because if you're a naughty kid, you're not going to get candies and presents like your sweet sister. You're going to get carried off by a Yuletide demon. <laughs> so our lighthearted Christmas traditions have some roots in serious elements that bring real consequences into the life of a child. So with Peter Pan and Santa Claus, you have to do a little digging to find the darkness in that tale. But there are some old stories that address it head on. So most of us are somewhat familiar with the story of the Pied Piper, who strolled into the village of Hamelin to drive away all of the pestilent rats with his magical flute. And when the townsfolk refuse to pay him what he's owed, he plays another tune and this one lures children away, and those children were never seen again. So in this tale, children are helpless to control their fate. They are reaping the consequences of actions they did not commit. 
So I would say that the tale of the Pied Piper is a little less about fearing mysterious strangers and more about learning that often you can't control the world around you and that endings aren't always happy. And if this particular subject is interesting to you, um, these origins of these fairy tales, I would encourage you to do a little research because you'll find these themes throughout a lot of the old fairy tales. Um, Little Mermaid in particular is uh, fa- is fairly gruesome. And uh, also in Cinderella, uh, the sisters, when they can't fit their feet into the magic slippers, they like chop parts of their feet off. So if that's the kind of thing you're into, maybe give it a little research. But anyhow, the tale of the Pied Piper leads me into our modern boogeyman. While our old tales often have shades of danger and a lesson to be learned, they're mostly forgotten when we become adults. And part of the reason why we forget these stories is because they are largely irrelevant to our time and culture. But they are the building blocks for the characters that scare us today, the ones that continue to haunt our dreams well into adulthood. Stories and cartoons give way to haunted houses and horror movies when we're teenagers and the stakes get a little higher. It's not a witch living in the creepy woods anymore. It's a superhuman stalker killing our friends and chasing us down for slaughter. So this is where things get a little more real and more relevant to our modern culture. Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger are the mainstream boogeymen that have shaped my generation. I grew up with these characters just as I grew up with Saturday morning cartoons, Disney fairy tales. Maybe I was a little too young for that, but that's a conversation for another time. To be had with my mom. Slasher movies are the modern tales of morality, encouraging children and young adults to heed the warnings of their elders. So when we're kids, it's like, don't take candy from strangers, joking in a car with a stranger. Um, That's kind of evolved into uh, don't take drugs from your friends. Don't have sex with your friends. Um, You know, there are all of the the rules that apply in a slasher film. And it is interesting how a lot of the lessons are the same as when we're children in fairy tales, um, just to a different degree. The rules have grown up with us. So the most formidable of this particular set of boogeyman for me is a Nightmare on Elm Street's Freddy Krueger. He knows the intimate fear of his victims and he visits it upon them during their most vulnerable state of sleep. So you're supposed to be asleep, relaxing, maybe having sweet dreams. And that's when Freddy comes to you. That's terrifying. He is an evolution of the monsters under the bed and in the closet, giving us new reasons to doubt the safety of our own beds. And Freddy is motivated by revenge, taking the lives of the children to collect a debt from the parents. So it's very much like the Pied Piper legend. I mean, taken right out of that story. And like the Pied Piper legend, the parents can't save their children in this tale. So our heroine, Nancy, must take matters into her own hands and fight for survival. So not only do slasher films teach us about the pressing danger in the world as we get older, they also serve as a transition step into independence and adulthood. And I have a few more thoughts about Freddy Krueger and the Pied Piper in a blog that I wrote, which I will share so you guys can dig into that and It may also be familiar to you because they did address the idea of the Pied Piper in the 2010 remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, 
Um, It's one of the only good things about that movie. And if they had followed that train of thought, that whole movie um, may have been salvaged. But anyway, moving on. The next purveyor of modern boogeymen is Stephen King. And a lot of the Stephen King boogeymen arose around the same time as the slashers. Uh, the 80s were just a, a really a really scary time, apparently. Um, but Mick Garris once called Stephen King the Norman Rockwell of horror because his tales are set in everyday American life. His horror doesn't come out of medieval castles and distant lands. It's rooted firmly in our own neighborhood or perhaps lurking in the storm drain out on the corner. Um, I have a storm drain on the corner of my house. And when we first first moved in, I was like, Pennywise, you there? Hi, Georgie. So Stephen King has written a giant stack of terrifying stories that teach us a great many things about fear and life. He's responsible for many, many, many interesting characters. But of course, Pennywise the Dancing Clown is arguably the most iconic The 1990 It miniseries, if you watch it today, it might not be so scary, but it really leaves a very particular scar on children. Um, I cannot tell you how many people I have encountered over the years that have talked about how this movie affected them when they first saw it. And um, it'll be interesting to see how the recent adaptations of the past couple of years will age. Will it continue to be this super scary thing that people watch at slumber parties? Will it not have the same status that the miniseries has? Um, I'm just, I'm really interested to see how it ages. And I don't really want to go full on into my thoughts on the new It because I just saw It Chapter 2 a few days ago. Regardless of my critiques of it, uh, I was super excited just to see this story on the big screen again. Um, So I'm going to be really interested to see how it kind of like buries itself in our psyche and if it does the same thing that the miniseries did to um, children of my generation. And I suppose that it's very obvious and fitting that a simple viewing of it would have deeper impact on a child because Pennywise is a boogeyman who, who preys on children by design. Adults rarely even see him. And it makes me wonder if he's real to kids precisely because of their belief in werewolves and mummies and adventure. Kind of like with Santa Claus and Peter Pan, you lose your ability to believe once you become a rational adult. So the spirit of the thing never quite goes away. You can see this with the adults in Derry. Um, you can tell that they sort of know something is going on. They don't really want to believe it. But the figure becomes an idea rather than a flesh and blood being. And it is most definitely a pure horror story, but it does contain quite a bit of whimsical imagery and reminds us just a little bit of some of those old folk tales, especially when you get all this history of dairy. It's almost being related to Mike as a fairy tale or an old story would be. And in the end, it is the children who have the power to defeat the monster and live happy lives after the nightmare is over. So it's a much darker road than the traditional fairy tales we're used to, but the end remains much the same. So the lesson is, absolutely, the boogeyman is real. He can kill you, but he can also be overcome, even when it seems impossible. 
And that lesson of life, love, friendship, and triumph because of the forces of good is a classic fairy tale theme. It's scared of us, you know? I can feel that. I, I swear to God, I can. I, I want to kill it. Help me. Please help me. Help me. There is one more modern boogeyman that I want to talk about today. And that boogeyman comes from the world of creepypasta. And I have only become aware of creepypasta in the past few years. And I have become absolutely fascinated by them. If you don't know about creepypasta, you can Google it. But it's basically urban legends that just live on the internet. And everybody knows they're not true, but they're written as if they're true. And the origin of creepypasta, it comes from the idea of like copy paste, like you copy and paste the story and like email it to your friends or, you know, post it on a forum. You tweak things, you add things. It's this like open source group storytelling. It's quite a pleasant surprise to me that in our digital age full of endless knowledge, we live in, you know, the information age, that humanity has seen fit to draw these dark corners where unknown things still lurk. Creepypastas are the campfire tales of our time giving us reasons to keep believing. There are a lot of great creepypasta stories out there, and um, if that's something you enjoy, I would encourage you to check out Channel Zero, which is a sci-fi series. They did four seasons, each season tackling a different creepypasta story. My favorite is season three, which is called Butcher's Block. Um, I haven't seen season four, the final season yet, but I've heard good things about it. So definitely check that out. But the most popular of the creepypasta tales is Slenderman, and he is a tall, skinny figure dressed in a black suit who lurks through the woods and takes children away to his home or kills them, depending upon the interpretation that you go with. And Slenderman is a perfect blend of kind of this like fantasy and horror. Uh, He's obviously a sinister character. He unnaturally follows you through the woods and he's got these long tentacle arms. But children are also attracted to him, like lured in by his mysterious presence. And you may have heard of Slenderman. When I first wrote uh, my blog about Boogeyman, this hadn't happened yet, but you may have heard of Slenderman because there were two girls who tried to kill a friend of theirs and they said that they did it because of Slenderman. They basically believed in Slenderman and said, we killed her as a sacrifice so he would take us away. And this happened in real life. So that's very scary. Now, both of these girls um, have basically been diagnosed with mental issues, but it's very strange how you've got this life imitating art, imitating life thing happening. And that Slenderman, who everyone who enjoys creepypasta and reads it knows he's not real, how he became real and actually hurt someone. And so we've kind of come full circle with shades of both Peter Pan, the friend, and the Pied Piper, the villain, found in the Slenderman lore. 
So with Creepypasta, the campfire has been replaced by the internet website and memes, but the storytelling really remains the same. Our culture feels a very old primal need to pass on the realities of the world to the younger generation in a way they can understand through storytelling. So technology may continue to evolve, but we will continue to craft tales that remind us of one simple fact. No matter how old we are, there will always be fear and there will always be something in the dark. It may take on different shapes and different forms, but it will always be the boogeyman. I want to leave you with some personal and some old words today. So I had a lot of nightmares when I was a kid. It was long before I started watching horror movies. Um, I think it had something to do with the fact that insomnia runs in my family and also uh, I had a big imagination. So I think that those two things kind of conspired to give me a lot of nightmares. But we're born with fear naturally. And I think as children, we struggle to grasp the larger concepts that we become acquainted with as adults. So we put faces and bodies on these ideas that we don't understand. And I think they become bad dreams inhabited by monsters. But culture has also given us coping mechanisms to combat these fearful shapes. It has given us fairy tales and heroes and hope. So when I was a child, this hope came in the form of a simple prayer. It was just a small thing passed down from my family, passed down to ease my mind and soothe the uncertainty of the nightmares and the dark. So every night, my mom or my grandma or my dad would say this little prayer with me, especially when I had been having a lot of nightmares and it always made me feel better. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Sweet dreams. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at Light and Shadow Pod. Sign up to become a supporter on Patreon for early access to all episodes and more. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find the show. Until next time, stay spooky.